Praise the Lord. Yep, yep. It is Sunday morning. It is our own rendezvous. A meeting point. It's time for us to come before our Father and get what He has for us. I just, uh, I just know God has something for us this morning. And uh, I want us to be open this morning with expectant hearts. Uh, tell God you want Him to touch you. Tell God you want Him to talk to you. As an individual, that He has a word for you. Praise the Lord. I would like us, before we sit down, let's just do our confession, please. I know it's going to be on the overboard. Let's start. 2024 is my year of God-class exploits and the year of the fourth man. I am God's offspring and in him I live and move and have my being. I am no ordinary or natural person. I am a supernatural, extraordinary being. Born of the seed of God himself. I have the seed of God in me. I produce after God's kind. And I overcome the world. I am a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation and a peculiar people. I am the light of the world. And the salt of the earth. I represent Jesus. I speak for Jesus. I stand for Jesus. I reign with Jesus. The fourth man will be with me in the fire. What happens to ordinary people may happen to me, but I will have supernatural outcomes. The fourth man has made me a god to the natural elements of this world. Situations ordinary people cannot survive will become my stepping stones to glory testimony. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The king's shout is within me and the lion's roar is rolling out of me. I raise the roof with my praise. I cry out and I shout for joy. The greatest one lives here. I am feeding and reigning at a higher level. I have spiritual jurisdiction here. I take authority over these. Peace be still in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For the Lord will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. This is my year of covenant release. I am undercover. No satanic plan against me. No divination against my household will ever prevail. In due season and even now. The world will proclaim what wonders God has done for them. I am shielded and protected from every misfortune. I am undercover. The evil viper released into the world in these last days will not touch me. I am undercover. I am inoculated and vaccinated with a booster shot of the covenant. I am undercover. I am prospered protected, and preserved in the ark. I am undercover. I shake the viper into the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I am undercover in Jesus' mighty name. 2024 is my year of uncommon provision. I am blessed in all things. Jehovah Jireh will see to it. I am finding favor in unexpected places. And I see the ram caught in a thicket. The barrel of meal shall be missed, And the cruise of oil shall not fail. Until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. God is sending rain on my field. And there shall be showers of blessing. Well, I am possessed. God possesses. I have the spirit of adoption. He is my father and I am a joint heir with Christ. I have real estate in heaven and I have real estate on the earth. I lift my hand up to El Elyon, 
the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. My God has made me rich. This will be a year of broken boundaries and unlimited reach. The boundaries are broken and the limits are off. See, God has given me the cities and the walls of Jericho are fallen. Hallelujah. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things, everything is possible. Kermit Bekondo, I prophesy over you today. Your dwellings are lovely and your homes are beautiful. You will spread out like rivers, like gardens by a river, like sweet-smelling aloes that Lord himself planted and like strong cedar trees by the waters. You will pour water out of your own buckets and have your own channels of rich blessings and plenty. Your offspring will dwell by many waters and your life and legacy will be exalted and established. The God who brought you out of captivity has the strength of a wild bull and he will destroy your adversaries and crush their bones. You are a, like a lion who couches in rest after winning the victory. And who dares disturb you? Blessed of the Lord is anyone who blesses you. And you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you and he that is in the world. 2024 is my year of God class exploits. And this is the year of the fourth man. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this morning I want us to I want us to go back to what our pastor has been sharing with us. Remember the pastor shared with us our first Sunday was the 7th of of January. And during that service there's something that he pointed out which it's what I want us to get into this morning. It has to do with responsibility. The responsibility is yours. The responsibility is yours. You know, many people don't like responsibilities. You know, for those of us who have children, I begin to appreciate our parents more each day. I begin to, to say, they did a great job. It wasn't easy. I'm from a family of 16. Eight boys, eight girls. My mother had six children, five boys. The first were five. The last was a girl. And when I look at how my mother did it, I say it can only be God. Respect mothers. Respect mothers. I know my mother always wanted us to be responsible, so she will put chores. Say, you clean the toilet, you clean the living room, you are the one who is going to wash the clothes, you wash the dishes, you are the one who is going to cook. Everybody had responsibilities. Because when you begin to learn these responsibilities at that young age, it carries over. It carries over with your work. It carries over the way you treat your job. It carries over the way you, you treat your education, your school, your studies. I am telling you, go and look at all the children who do well in school. They have some responsibilities. Majority of them, they have a mind that knows how to put things in a way to accomplish something. They have it. And so I want us this morning to look back and identify responsibilities in our lives. We just read our confession, like the pastor said. If you look at that confession, I, we, I, I represent, I did, I do this, I do. God has already done his part. Amen. God has already done his part. He has promised us in this our confession 
things that unless we take responsibilities, we will not enjoy the benefits of it. Praise the Lord. This morning, I want us to have that in mind. What is my responsibility? And I'll, I'll kind of maybe give us a Merriam-Webster definition of how, what they think about responsibility, you know. And uh, we'll pick it up from there. You know, Merriam-Webster says, the, the quality or state of being responsible, so moral, legal, or mental accountability, trustworthiness. But I put their spiritual responsibility as well. I put their spiritual responsibility. So I would like us to go to the, the verse or the passage which the pastor outlined for us. It, it's in Joshua chapter 2 verse 17. Let's look at that story, please. Say, and the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Maybe we read from, to get some context. Can we go back, that's 17. Can we go back from, let's say, 10? For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. Now, this is a story about Rahab. Rahab was, we know what, who Rahab was, like, like the pastor said. What she did, her profession. I'm sure she came across many people who told them, have you heard of those people in the desert, what is happening is crazy. Do you know that they are, they are already on their way here to Jericho? And I'm sure she heard so many testimonies and she was like, this cannot be true. And so she said, when you came out of Egypt and what you, he did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. This testimony was not given by those two spies, those two men. This is a testimony that Rahab had about what God had done for the children of Israel. She was testifying. 11. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. This was unknown to the children of Israel. That in, in Jericho, the men had gone. The men were no longer men. Their heart had gone. You cannot fight if you don't have a heart. You remember uh, uh, um, Gideon and his 300 men. God gave that test. You know, the test was to, to weed those who don't have that fighting heart, that fighting spirit, those who could not stand before the enemy. The people of Jericho had lost their will to fight. They had lost everything. Just by the testimonies that they had, they had not even seen the, the children of Israel. They had not even seen their enemy. They only, they only heard about their enemy and they were gone. Fear came in. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. The, Mark you, this is, this is Rahab. She's not an Israelite. She is not. But she's testifying that the God of Israel has done it. It's the true God. Praise the Lord. Twelve. Now therefore I pray you. Swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. You know, they had reported Rahab to the king. And, and they told the king that Rahab has some spies, some men who have come to spy the land. And she was brought in front of the king and they asked her, I hear you have men who have come to spy the land. Rahab was looking after her own. She was looking after her father, after her mother. She became, she took that responsibility on herself. She wanted to protect her family. The pastor told us that there are times, the time has come for somebody to take that responsibility for their family. 
Somebody has to stand in every family and say, I take responsibility. I will be the spiritual gatekeeper. Amen? I will be the spiritual gatekeeper. I will be the one who will stand on, the, uh, on that gate. And when the devil wants to come, he will see me. The watchman is there. I will pray every morning and I will remind the devil that this is not a place for him to joke with. I will call upon the heavens to pour their blessings upon my family. I will tell God, my family is blessed. My children are blessed. My neighbors are blessed. My classmates are blessed. My friends are blessed. My colleagues are blessed. Rahab looked after her family. She said it. I want my father's house. Not my house. My father's house. Give me a token. This is where it becomes interesting. This is where it becomes interesting. Now, this, the two spies knew that Rahab. They knew who Rahab was. They knew what she was doing. And they told her, you want a token from us? We are going to give you. But the token is going to be a public one. We want you. We want you because we know your profession. is. You are not proud of it. We want you to take this token and put it by your window. And people will see this token and they will ask, but why is there a token in somebody's window? And people will inquire. And those who know Rahab will say, ah, ah, you don't know Rahab. It's Rahab now. That Rahab. And in modern times, some people will say this is another means of uh, advertisement. But they did not know that Rahab put aside the fact that she will expose herself she will expose herself to the world. The people of Jericho, they will come to know her, know what she's doing. She put upon herself that risk to protect her family. She was the gatekeeper. And when the two spies said it, uh, if we go to 17 again, that's when they were telling her about the responsibility. Yes, we have heard Thank you for telling us that uh, the men's heart have melted. Vital information in our strategy. And the men said unto her, we will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Why are we going to be blameless? Because we have given you the responsibility. If you want to protect your family, you have to do this. You have to do this. It's not me. We are going to come. Jericho will fall. We'll take Jericho. That's a fact. Nobody will stand on our way. We don't know yet how. You know? We don't know how we'll take Jericho. But Jericho is a fallen city. But if you want to survive, the responsibility is yours. You have to do this. You don't have to push it to somebody else. You don't have to say, no, this is not mine. You know, even in the world, for those of you who are in projects, when the project does not go well, they always look for somebody to, to blame. Yep. And the blame will always be that you did not do what you were supposed to do. Your responsibilities, you forfeited your responsibilities. I was in a project... And I saw this project and I looked at it and I said, this is new. There's something wrong with this project. This project will be the end of many people. <laughs> yes. Like, like, like a joke, I, I said it. Only for me to hear that somebody was let go, a big person from one of the branches of the project, they were not, I, I looked and I heard, I said, but yeah, it was, I had seen it. Responsibilities. When people don't do what they are supposed to do, there's always a consequence. There is always a consequence. That's, that's the world. But of course, the world is always copies what the Bible, what is spiritual. The world is a copy of, of, of the Bible. There are rules. Their laws, the way they do things. Some people, those of us who say they, they have common law, go and look at common law. Most of common law is Leviticus. 
the world is a reflection of the Bible. And so if we want to, if we want, if we want to claim that which God has for us this year, we have to take responsibility. We have to know that it's not just going to happen to us. True. God has said it. But God is saying, I have said it. It is your responsibility now. Hmm? It is your responsibility. And there's one aspect I want us to, I want to highlight for us. The responsibility of the word of God. The responsibility of, you know, the pastor said something about saturating the, the brethren with the word. You know, putting them in the word. Feeding them the word this year. And God wants, wants him to feed us the word. There's a reason for that. God is highlighting the word. Why? We are in the dark days. And people have ideas, ways, and thoughts that they want to transmit. Out there, everybody's fighting to, to say something. Everybody's fighting to pass across their beliefs. Might not be Christian, might not be about Jesus. But they want you to know that there's something that they believe in. And with the, with the advent of technology, it has become so easy to even, uh, to even fulfill this nowadays. That's why as parents, we are supposed to be very careful how we allow our kids to be exposed to what? To things on TV. On, on, on tablets, those who have phones, even your friends, the friends that they visit, allowing your, your kids to go for sleepovers. We have to be very careful. We have to take upon ourselves res- that responsibility to protect our kids. Because out there, it is, there's a fight. I told, you, I told you the last time I was up here that I had to pull uh, the news from my uh, TV. I said, nope, I ain't going to do this anymore. And so one of my sons came one day and said, hey, daddy, we are no longer watching news in the house. I said, yeah, you're right. I am not watching news. They don't edify. They don't bless you know, somebody always wants you to, to see that what they are saying is the right one. They don't give you the option to say, okay, you, you have said it. Let me think and see if that is really true or, you know. If, so, but the world out there is, is saturated with information, saturated with ideas. It's saturated. It's there. We have a responsibility for our children. Trust me, we have that responsibility. We have the responsibility to keep them. We have the responsibility to educate them. Right? The pastor said we should tell them. We should remind them as they are going to school. You lay your hands on them and prophesy and declare over them. And tell them who they are. Tell them the promises of God for their life. Tell them to claim it. Say they are the head and they are not the tail. And that if they lack wisdom, they should ask. God will give them. And so when they go to class and they have mathematics and they cannot understand the square root of an area, um, the, uh, the area of a triangle, if they cannot understand it, tell them to pray. They will understand it. They will understand it. Praise the Lord. It is responsibility. It is, I don't want us to leave Christianity like, you know, Sunday to Sunday. Okay, I come here on Sunday. Well, I'll sing. I'll pray. I'll listen to the word. I have fulfilled all righteousness. That is not righteousness. That is righteousness. It's when you have left the church. And you are going back home, and you begin to apply it. And that person just comes in front of you in the car, and you say, oh, Lord, have mercy. I bless you. You don't say, what are you doing? And curse them. You know? And on Monday, you go to work. You have a responsibility to represent Christ. 
That is your responsibility. It is not Sunday to Sunday. It is a way of life. We have been called into a way of life. Praise the Lord. We have been called into a way of life. We have been called not to make excuses. Remember, Pastor said about excuses. Excuses. We make too many excuses these days. Too many excuses. We have excuses for everything. Everything. Why are you not reading your Bible? I'm too busy. It's too busy. I, it's, it's not easy. I have to get up in the morning. I have to get the kids ready for school. I have to get ready for work. When I come back, I am just worn out. Sometimes I just take my Bible and it's like a, a, a pill for sleep. It's like uh, when I hold it like this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God is in your dream. That you complete. It's in your dream. Because you are so tired. You know. But this morning I want us to know one thing. If you take upon yourself that responsibility to feed on God's word. You will make time. And the right time. Our best time is supposed to be for God. Praise the Lord. I noticed when I was going to school. That when I wake up early in the morning and study. It sticks. Because your brain is fresh. Your brain has not listened to a radio. You're, you have not seen anybody to begin to, you know, allow your brain to analyze things. Your brain is still fresh, so it can keep, it can remember. Right? It can't do that. So when you get up in the morning, you immerse into the word of God. You immerse into the prayer. Right? Like, uh, like a, a woman of God said, when you get up in the morning, let me give you an advice. Don't let your, leg, your feet touch the ground before you pray. She said, the moment you touch, your feet touch the ground, there's a clock that says, okay, time to work. Time for things. Have I, what am I cooking today? You know? When it's time for this, they, oh, the kids have this. Oh, this, I have to go to this. I have to go to that. It's clockwork. Our best moments of the day are supposed to be for God. And when we resolve, when we take upon ourselves that responsibility to say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to wait for somebody to pray for me. I'm not going to wait for somebody to read the Bible for me. Good. Some people have apps now that you can just put and the app will, will read the Bible for you. If I had to follow the Bible, one day I, I listened to an app, the Bible in an app, and I said, wow, I can finish the Bible in one week. So fast. It just goes, wap, 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 wap. Before I knew it, ah, Genesis is gone. I said, wow, good. But you have to have that discipline to sit down, open your Bible, okay? This should be your friend. Open your Bible. So you can even mark when God speaks to you and says this. You take your pencil, pen, and mark it there and say, yes, I claim it. Word, this is true. This morning, it's practical Christianity. Sorry, I like, I like practical Christianity. I like, and, and I've learned over the years that practicality is the best way to enjoy Christianity. When you are practical, when you, you are intentional, when you are intentional in what, in the way you serve the Lord, you are intentional, you, you, you say, I am doing it because I want to, I like it. I'm not doing it because I'm being pushed to do it. Amen? I'm not doing it because I'm being pushed. When I gave my life to Christ, I remember I told my uncles who came and preached to me, I said, you know what? Thank you very much for your word. I have... I have received, I, I have Jesus in my life. I see what my mother used to say now. I see it. But there's one thing I'll tell you. I'm going to fellowship with my mother. Well, for those of you back from Africa, you know how many of us had, you know, our normal churches that we used to go. And when you gave your life to Christ, you had to align yourself with a Bible-believing church. And my mother had given her life. And every morning she will wake up. I'm telling you, trust, I kid, I kid you not. 
she will wake up early in the morning. Devotion. And some of us would, oh, this is it. We did not know what she was doing. So what is this? We will wake up and she will say, sit there. All of us will sit. She will pray. And when she starts praying, <laughs> you know, when you are in a, I went to a college school and there, prayer, we'll just pray. Holy Mary, it's gone. But when my mother started praying, you had to adjust. And you have to know that this is not going to end now. <laughs> because she will touch everything. Eh? She will touch everything. She will pray for us. She will pray for her family. She will pray for, she will pray for everything. And some of us will start snoring. They will wake you. Wake up. Praise the Lord. She took upon herself the responsibility to instill in us that which has taken me especially up till now. Came to a strange land. I did not say, oh, there's nobody here. I, have to, I don't have to be accountable to anybody. There are many people when they go to strange lands because they were doing it not intentionally. Their service to God was not intentional. Their service to God was to please men. I service, when they find themselves in a situation where there's nobody to look at them, they become their true self. Forget about God. Because in the first place, it wasn't intentional. They were, they were not responsible. They had no responsibility. Responsibility will demand, it will, it will mean that, like Rahab, you have to talk, you have to confess about your faith. You have to tell people that this is who you are. This is my identity. And when you tell people who you are, when they are dealing with you, they will know that they have boundaries. Right? They will know that they have boundaries. You know? The confession said this will be a year of broken boundaries and unlimited reach. Hmm? Believers have boundaries. When we go out there, we have boundaries. There are things that we should not even tell people that we cannot do. They should know. They know that we, we are not going this way. We know who he is. We know what he can do. We already know the outcome. You know? Praise the Lord. No excuses in our lives. Tell yourself there will be no excuse for me this year. Say there will be no excuse for me this year. No. Refuse excuses. Excuses is what the devil is using to, pull, to put us on the same plane. Babies walking with uh, pacifiers. Believers walking, still walking with pacifiers. Because they have excuses. We just want excuses. Why didn't you come to church? I felt I was not feeling well. You know, there was something came up. You know, they want to give excuses, excuses. And, and, and the pastor talked about Egyptians. I, I began to think about it. You know, there's a reason why the Egyptian army were destroyed in the Red Sea. I'll, I'll tell you why. Remember the children of Israel always complained. And God said he wanted to train them how to fight wars in order to prepare them for the wars that they have across the Jordan. Remember, Rahab pointed out how they, they, they defeated the, the Amorites and all. Imagine if the children of Israel, of Egypt, or if the Egyptians were not killed. I bet you there would have been a constant thorn on the children of Israel. Constantly. I bet you Pharaoh would not have left them alone. Pharaoh would have said, you know what? What did we do? Who is going to build all these uh, uh, planned cities that we already planned that we'll build? Look at our farm. The cow. You remember even, even the cattle. They were not, they did not like to be shepherds. You know when Pharaoh told Joseph to pick a land for the children of Israel for his brethren. He picked Goshen. Because Goshen had 
had it was a good place for cattle and sheep, you know, tender. And he specified the children of the Egyptians don't like shepherds. They don't like cattle. You know, they don't. But the Bible also tells us that Pharaoh had cattle. So but if he did not like cattle, who was taking care of his cattle? Right? I'm sure there were Israelites who were taking care of Pharaoh's cattle. There were, there were, there were, there were Egyptians who had slaves, hand, uh, uh, maid servants, as Israelites. They, were Egypt, they, they lost certain privileges which the children of Israel offered to them. And so when the children of Israel went, remember the Bible says, when you are leaving, you should go and ask the Egyptians for stuff. They went back and said, give me your earring. I need your earring. I need, I need your bowl of water. I need to carry water. Maybe I need this. They gave it to them. They gave it. They were afraid. You know, the last, the last thing uh, that God did, killing their firstborn, they were like, we don't want anything. Just, just go. Go. Just go. And so they went. But I tell you, if the Egyptians' army were not killed in the Red Sea, there would have been a thorn to the flesh of the Israelites. Same thing with us. There are Egyptians in our lives we have to kill. There are Egyptians in our lives we have to kill. If not, they will continue to remind us of our old ways. They will continue to want to pull us back. They will continue to want to pull us back. There are those things in the world which you know that this thing does not, does not benefit you in any way. It does not improve. It does not have quality. You does not have, there's no quality of life in this thing that this, I'm doing. You know, the, the, it's, it's the Egyptians in your life. The things that come there to hang, pull you back, to remind you. Praise the Lord. Responsibility. I'll tell you what responsibility does. When you see somebody who is responsible and who is going to work and do, it does their thing, you know, clocks in at, on time, clocks out on time, available whenever they need him, you know. The manager loves such a person. The director loves such a person because they know I have come to realize that many managers will like employees who work, who do their work because at the end of the day, they, they themselves have appraisals. Amen? I'm sorry. I know now it's time for appraisals. I know. This is February, March. It's time for our, those of us who work, right? You know? Appraisal time, they call you in that room and they put you there and they say, we had, we had goals for you. You were supposed to do this. You were supposed to do that. Uh, we have intention of increasing your salary by this. But we want to see if you really did what you were supposed to do. We want to see if you were responsible. That's, essentially, that's what they are saying. We are going to appraise you based on what we ask the goals we set at the beginning of the year. Remember last year we set the goals? The manager, the manager keeps those goals. Because during the appraisal, the manager is going to bring it back to you. To want to see if you are really responsible. If you did what you were supposed to do. It's basically goals, right? The story in the Bible of Joseph. I would like us to go to Genesis chapter 43. There's something I want us to see here. The power of responsibility. Genesis chapter 43. Let me see. Genesis 43, 8. And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. 9. I will be shorty for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. There is this story of Judah where Joseph was sold to Egypt. When Joseph was sold to Egypt, remember, there was somebody who refused that they kill Joseph. You know who that person was? The first person, Reuben. Reuben had a responsibility for safety 
as a first child to take care of his brothers. But when the time came for him to apply to be responsible, to tell his brethren, look, what we are planning to do to Joseph is just totally wrong. It's evil beyond evil. Okay? Because, and then now he became afraid. I don't know if he thought the other ten brethren would overpower him and both of them be killed. I don't know if he was being selfish by saying, oh, don't send, don't, don't kill Joseph. Sell him. Joseph was sold. Fast forward. Judah. The time came for them to go to Egypt to get food for them, for their families. And, jo- and, and Jacob stood and and said, no way you are going to take Benjamin. You already deprived me of my first son, of Joseph. Now you want to deprive me of Benjamin? The Bible says it was quiet. Nobody could speak. Then Judah came and said, look, you know what? Let me take the boy. I will be a shorty to him. If you read the Bible in Genesis chapter 38, there is a reason why there are recounting the story of Judah who had children with a Canaanite woman, three sons. And the first son, the Bible says the first son was bad. He was a bad bad boy, child. And he was killed. The second one, as his tradition, took over the first son's wife. The Bible says he too died. And then Judah looked and said, I'm going to lose all my three sons. This woman is bad luck. This woman does not come with good. Everybody who goes to this woman dies. Judah did what? Judah sent the woman away. He said, go to your father's house. When my son is of age, you will come back. And Tamar was the lady's name. Tamar went. And when the last son was of age, Tamar waited. Nothing. Judah did not call for Tamar. No. The Bible says Tamar, Tamar... Plant in her, she developed a strategy that pinned Judah. And in the course of time, Tamar became pregnant and had twin. The Bible says, when Judah heard that Tamar was pregnant, what did he say? Bring her here to be burnt, to be killed. Until they told her, or told him, that this is what she's saying. Do you know this? His property. And when he found out that it was his, then he confessed and said, she's righteous, more righteous than I. But why am I bringing this story? Judah had experienced the death of a child. And so when he was talking to Jacob, he was talking from a place of a responsible man who knows what it means to lose a child. And he tells Jacob, I have lost two children in his mind. Give me your son. The pain I've gone through with my own children, I don't want you to go through that pain. If at all, paraventure, they want to keep your son, I will offer my own life. And that's what he did. He, when he went to, Israel, uh, to, to Egypt, Joseph wanted to keep Benjamin because he was his brother. And Judah said, no. I promised to my father. The same thing I failed to do when I had no child. When Joseph left, when, when Joseph was so nobody said it. Because they did not know what it means to lose a son. I failed to do it the first time. This time around, I have become more responsible. I know, I know what is going on here. I will not allow it. So Joseph, I know you are the second strongest man in Egypt. But a shorty is a shorty. I pledge my life for this this boy, keep me instead. And when he said this, Joseph started crying. That is when Joseph knew that there was a change of heart here. This man was ready to protect his brother with his own life. Praise the Lord. Responsibilities will open doors for you. A, a responsible person is guaranteed success. He will enjoy the fruits of the land. Amen. He will enjoy the fruits of the land. Amen. A responsible person, when they are thinking about people to promote, 
His name will. You see the Bible. You, there, there's a place in the in the confession that talks about yes, favor in unexpected places, right? Twenty twenty-four is my year of uncommon provision. I am blessed in all things. Jehovah Jireh will see to it. I am finding favor in unexpected places. Unexpected places. People will call up my name because of my responsible nature. Amen? People will call up my name. One day, one of my friends said, Kermit, you will win employee of the year. I said, why? You are always, in, you are always going to work. I said, look, I do my part and I allow God to do his part. If the work says you should come to work three days a week, I will go three days a week. My wife knows that. I will not say, well, nobody really checks. No, they will check one day. If I do it, they will check it. Because that's how it is. If I do it, they will check it. Your name will be called in unexpected places. Amen? Unexpected places. People will call your name. It will come up. It will come up. People will want to bash you. Somebody will say, no. I don't believe what you're saying. Are you talking about this, this, this sister I know? No, what you're saying is wrong. I'm not sure. We need to do more investigation. What you are doing, what you are saying is wrong. We need to do more investigation. Your name will come up in unexpected places. Praise the Lord. Unexpected places. I remember once they called me from, from work when I just came here and they were my rest time. I saw my administrator calling me, say, Kermit, uh, do you have time? Can you come? I said, Oh, yeah, sure, I'm coming. Do you know what happened? They had already planned, they were calling to fire me because somebody went and said something that I did, which was not the real thing, you know. So I was, they were just calling me to say, Kermit, come. Papers ready. D-O-N is there. Administrator is there. Paper is here. Sign and bye-bye. But when I went there, God prevailed. God spoke for me. God said, when I spoke, I said, but what's going on? And they told me, and I said, that's not really what happened. She said, what happened? I told her. Then she turned to the D-O-N. Are you aware? She said, no. I'm not aware of this. Everything changed. I came out of that room, still employed, you know, and the deal went to me and said, Kermit, you're working with girls. Be very careful. I said, it's okay. God has my back. Praise the Lord. God has my back. So I want us to be responsible this year. We should not shift what we are supposed to do to others. Don't shift it. If you can do it, it's you. If they say do it, because they have recognized that you have the capacity to do it. Do it and glorify God. Finish it and people will talk about you. People will say you want things done, give it to him. Give it to her. Amen? Amen. Emergency comes and they say, who can do this thing for us? Who do we want? No, we don't have to think. Oh, we already have a name. Just call him. Without even asking or thinking twice. Call this person. He will do it for you. Forget about it. He will do it. He has a track record. He is like David who came before Saul and said, Oh, see, how can you allow this uncircumcised fellow to challenge the, the army of the Almighty? How can you do it? And Saul is like, Who are you? He said, Oh, wait, let me remind you who I am. You see, my size should not fool you. You see, I was taking care of my father's sheep. A lion came home. The lion thought it had done it. Took away that sheep. I said, lion, no way. What was he doing? He was telling the, 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 the king his resume. I have a resume, king. My resume is more than this man. This man cannot fight the lion. I have fought the lion. I won the lion. Bears have come. Can he fight this, this Goliath? Can he fight the bear? And Saul in his mind is like, <laughs> I cannot argue this one. No. I cannot argue. This man has killed a lion. He has killed a bear. He wants to beat Goliath. What am I to do? Today they will say child labor. What do they call it? Child abuse, right? It's child labor abuse. He's not even the age to fight. He was 17 years, I think. He was not 
18. No age to fight. But he came and said, I want to fight. And they said, you want to fight? And he put out his credentials out there. His resume. Responsibility builds his resume. What he had accomplished in life built his resume. And what he has accomplished in life opened the door for him to allow a king to let him go fight a giant at the age of 17 with no armor because they tried it. He could not work with it with no added, no added advantage. He went with what he had, what he had used. That sling he had, he had used it before. He had been a responsible kid. He was helping the father. The father said, go and give food to your brothers. They are in the battlefield. Take it. Go and give it. He said, yes, daddy, I am going. And in his heart, he was like, let me see how fighting is going on. Little did he know that he was going in for the shock of his life. That they were challenging the, 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 the army of God. And nobody was standing for God. But his responsibility had made him, prepare him for that task. So, brethren, this morning I want us to know one thing. We should not be afraid of responsibilities. We have a responsibility to read the word of God. It is us. It is you, you have to come up with a determination in your heart that, look, the word of God is what I will eat on. I will feed on the word of God. Why am I talking, emphasizing on the word of God? Because the devil knows that when we read the word of God, we become one with God. We have the mind of God. We have the thoughts of God. The gene of God. Okay? So when we are faced with situations, we do not imagine solutions. We have solutions in us. The word of God will tell us. There will be moments when you read the word of God. And you will go out there and encounter the same thing. And because you read the word of God, you will apply what the word said. I am telling you, this is what will happen for a responsible person who takes upon themselves to read the word of God. I'm happy that it is, Feb- it is March. This is 3rd of March. It's still early in the, in, in, in the year. If we have maybe fallen back in our Bible reading and the rest, please, the responsibility is ours. This morning, I am encouraging each and every one of us to go back to our commitments. What you put there, you wrote during the watch, the watch night service. Revisit it. I'm sure we wrote something, right? We did write something because I know Pastor Tino specifically gave us time. Amen? Amen. Yeah, I know. The videos are there. You can go and see. It's there. We wrote something. We should go back to those things. We should make it a habit of always revisiting commitments, notes, things that we wrote. We might forget some of them. And just by revisiting, it will remind us that we had made such commitments. Right? We had made such commitments. Revisit them. Read your word. It is your responsibility. It is not the pastor's responsibility. It is not your wife's responsibility. It is your responsibility to know that you have to read the word and you have to be one with God's word. You have to, you have to think the way God thinks. That's the goal. For us to be one with God. To think the way God thinks. David thought the way God thought. What David was saying when he went to that battlefield, he was just reminding King Saul and, and the army of Israel that there is no way that God would took us out of Egypt. That God would fought the Amorites, the Amalekites, all the kites, the Philistines, all this. There is no way that God can be challenged by a mere man. There's no way. It is, the word, it is what he had read, what he had heard about God. It is what he had heard about God that he applied. And, I, and I'm telling you, if you read the, the history, the, the, the story of David, 
You see how he was blessed. You see how people just came to serve this young man. Brothers, women, they just came, they said they want to serve him. They recognized him, they made him king even before Saul died. And he was running for his life. There were moments where even he had opportunity to kill Saul. He said, no, I'm not doing it. Touch, I cannot touch God's anointing. This is not the way. Why? Because he knew God. He knew God's way. Like the pastor said, there was no time David went to war without inquiring of the Lord. There was no time. Inquiring just means what? Getting the word of God. Should I go or should I stay? There was no time. He always asked, inquired of the Lord. Because he had developed a responsible relationship with God. He knew that his success is tied there with God. It's tied to God. It's tied to him, knowing the word of God. Remember, that's the same thing that made Saul to be rejected as king. Because he did not seek the word of God. They had told him what to do. He disobeyed. But David was steadfast. David wanted, he, he had a goal. He was responsible. He did not depend on others. He did not say, but God will give us this Goliath. Who is that, the strongest? Who is your most skilled fighter? He did not come and say, look, bring your most skilled fighter. I will encourage him here. You will not believe. I will speak to him before he knows it. He will pick that sword and he will chase this man. No, he did not say that. He took upon himself that responsibility to, to uphold the name of the Lord. Because that was what was at stake there. It was to him. What was at stake was the name of the Lord. And he had to stand. And even though he took five stones, he only used one. God said, I will just give you one. And I will hit that man where he thinks nobody can touch him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The responsibility is ours. The responsibility sometimes might not be good. Might not, might not have a good picture. Like in Rahab's case. People might look, people might say things. But it will not change one thing. The responsibility is ours. It is for us. If we want, if we want that which God has already done. To have, because whatever he has promised, he has already done. If we want God to do what he has already done here, we have to do our part. There is a responsibility that is us. Praise the Lord. Remember in, in Revelation chapter 5, the angel, when, when John stood and said, he was sad, nobody was worthy to open the scroll. Nobody. The angel said, ah, why are you sad? The lion of what? Of the tribe of Judah. Yes. See, Judah came in again. The responsible man. Judah came in. Praise. The responsible man. He was not the first. Judah was the fourth child. It was, it was Reuben, Simeon, Levi, then Judah. And if you look at his blessing that Jacob gave him, go and look at it, read his blessing. Jacob blessed him as the, the ruler, the king. You know, Jacob, Jacob told him, you, you will be head. You, you rule your, your brethren. You will rule your brethren. And that's why David became king. Because Saul was a Benjamite, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it was Saul, it's like Saul was destined to fail somehow. But God established the kingdom with David. Because Judah had shown traces of a responsible man. He took upon himself the fact that I will, I will die for, for my brother. Yes, I'm prepared for that. And, and God, God blessed him. What you just did, the throne will be yours. What you just did. And even when, even when Israel was divided, Judah still had his own. His own country it was still there. Responsibility. God wants us to be responsible. 
we should not push it, push it to people. Don't push it to others. When things are not are done right, take upon themselves. Say, yes, I messed up. Forgive me. I'll do it right next time. Amen? I messed up. I'll do it right rest, next, next time. That's what responsibility means. You take upon yourself the fact that you, you acknowledge when you're wrong. Right? You acknowledge when you're wrong. And you, you, you correct it. Praise the Lord. Please, let's stand up. The responsibility is ours. The responsibility is not my brothers. The responsibility is not my sisters. The responsibility is mine. We should, we should go out there this year as responsible brethren. Those who are responsible, who know their God out of an intentional relationship with him. Building a relationship with God. Getting up in the morning. Doing what we are supposed to do. Representing God. Jesus. Wherever we are at our job sites. Representing him. In the plane. Traveling on the buses. In the train. Representing him. We will not shift the blame for somebody. We will not shift the task to somebody. When we are given a task, we accept it. Because God knows why he has given you that task. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Was somebody blessed this morning? Was somebody blessed this morning? Open your mouth and begin to tell God, what he has spoken in your mind, in your heart this morning. That thing that God has reminded you of. The commitment you want to make to him. Accountability. Tell him you will be accountable to yourself. You will intentionally, consciously remind yourself every day. That you are supposed to be responsible. Because God has already done everything. Because God has already promised everything. He has guaranteed it. I should remind the devil that you have spiritual jurisdiction over your family. I should take upon yourself that responsibility to be that person who will be the gatekeeper for your family. Remind yourself every day, I am the gatekeeper of my family. You know, no evil will befall my family. No premature death will come near my family. The children in my family will prosper. They will go to school and they will excel. They will come out responsible men, young men, young women. They will win awards. Pray, pray. Be that person in your family. Be that gatekeeper in your family. Be responsible for your family. That is what God wants us to be this year. Because when incantations will come, the Bible, he, he, the, the pastor said it here. There will be incantations. But people will sit somewhere and say, look at that man. Something you will see something that will happen to you. Wherever they are, you will get up in the morning and say, No incantations will work in this family. Nothing I crush them. I crush them under my feet. There's viper, that evil viper. I push it in the fire. That is what we have been called this year. It's warfare. Our family needs it. Our families need us to be who God wants us to be for our families because we wrestle not against flesh and blood not everybody in our families have given their life to Jesus gather the believers in your family and tell them look can we fast this Wednesday for the family can we have a prayer meeting for the family be that person who will lead them because God is calling out 
calling us out today to be responsible, to be gatekeepers for our families. That is what God wants us to be. That is the benefits that God wants our families to benefit from. For us being believers, that we understand how this world works. We understand the spiritual implications of things. And so we stand at the gate as gatekeepers. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Yes, Lord, you are calling us to be responsible. You you are calling us to take charge. Father, you are calling us to be gatekeepers for our families, for our neighborhoods, for our cities. You are calling us to bring down blessings. Father, that we will be what you want us to be this year. We will not switch it. We will not shift it. We will take upon ourselves this responsibility. We will go out there. We will be intentional in our love for you. Yes, Lord. We will soak ourselves in your word. We will be one with your word. Knowing that being one with your word is being one with you, Lord. Oh, Father, this year it will be so for us. It is a year of God-class exploits. It is the year of the fourth man. Thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.